mean, I could talk about Gary Oldman forever because he's an amazing actor. I don't, I don't know if that's the goal of tonight's discussion. That's all I'm saying. No. Look at Doug trying to segue out of the banter already. The question is, how many times throughout this is Brian going to go, I shot him six times. <laughs> it's so good. That is my preferred Loomis. Is just the completely insane and just just like ruffled out of his mind Loomis. We are we are going to get lots of that tonight. So yeah. <laughs> So what are we doing, Doug? Because the plan is to release this the day before Halloween. That is correct. So why don't you explain the the listeners what they're getting into? Well, we're going to do a little commentary track for one of the best Halloween sequels. Inarguably, we don't need feedback to explain why people. Um, <laughs> Halloween four. It is one of my favorites. It it is. It's in my like top two favorite of all the sequels. It's probably yeah. the first one is obviously the best one. There's no denying that. Then part two, then this. See, I think it's six, then three. Oh. Then <laughs> That's the contrarian order is what that is. Yes. I mean, it's... No, six is garbage. We all know six is garbage. But Paul Rudd, he's America's sweetheart. It doesn't matter. Paul Rudd this, can't save that movie. This one also technically counts as a trendsetter because it is kind of like a soft reboot, and it's the first time that they've done like a soft reboot of the series, which they well, continue to do in pretty much all the movies. Three is technically a soft. Well, I it's guess a, more of a hard reboot, but yeah, three's hard. I don't even know what you call that because three is just like a different movie with the same title on it. I'm not <laughs> like without getting into a debate about that movie. Whoever made the decision to call that movie Halloween three, that was that's a terrible marketing decision. Well, that was Carpenter's idea. Hmm. Mm. You're calling out Carpenter, huh? I it look as a filmmaker, he's done some great work as a marketer. Maybe not so great. Oh, as a lover, par at best. That's <laughs> what Adrian Barbeau would probably tell you. I, this is going to surprise you guys, but I've never seen an interview with Adrian Barbeau where she discusses their sex life with John Carpenter. So I don't know. You know, you know what's weird? For the most part, anyone else, I would be like, ew, I don't want to like, because John Carpenter is only old John Carpenter in my head. So that is oh, yeah. creepy, loose-skinned Crypt Keeper sex. Have, listen, have you seen pictures of young John Carpenter? It's not that different. There's, there's, But uh, you could have Adrian Barbeau telling a story about having sex with an actual corpse, and I'd still be like, all right. <laughs> let's hear what she hold on guys let's hear her out <laughs> uh, I saw a picture of her from a convention this weekend somebody had made a uh, crate from Creepshow and like, oh, fun. I think they were wheeling it around the convention and she got off her table and went and got inside of it and posed for him and stuff so well, that's awesome yeah we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Halloween four. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got the movie all lined up. Um, there's a black screen 
we're going to hit play. I think there's like two or three seconds. And then uh, October 30th, 1988 pops up on the screen. So if you want to try to line your movie up at home so you can watch along with us. And then, uh, all right, let's give a, let's give a countdown. We're going to go three, two, one. All right. There it is. October 30th, 1988. We we should warn that we are watching a YouTube version of this, so it might be a TV edit. Well, we'll deal with that as it comes. Um, If commercials pop up, we're going to have a real problem. Trust me. That's why I've been worried. That's why I was trying to get my streaming service to go through the actual like site we're using to stream this for each other. I just, I would have, I, I can't remember this movie coming out obviously. Cause I was, I was still fairly young, but I would love to have seen the marketing campaign of them going. So yeah, that, that last one was a little weird. Um, Michael Myers is back. There's, Woo! There's a reason why Michael Myers' name is in the uh, title yeah. and why it opens with that shot, like clearly designed to be the same shot, the same like writing as the first movie with the, the date and stuff, you know, and it's, it's from a marketing perspective, it's smart. And it's certainly in 1988. This is what everyone was expecting for a sequel to a slasher film. So, yeah, it's nice, creepy shots, of scarecrows in Haddonfield, Illinois. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Doug. Doesn't actually exist. I kind of assumed it didn't exist, but apparently there is a Haddonfield, New Jersey. Okay, which is what Deborah Hill based it off of. All right, so she based it off of a town right near where Friday the Thirteenth took place. Makes sense. Yeah. Sure. These opening shots are actually pretty good, eh? Like, for being directed by not John Carpenter. Yeah. Right away, you get, like, those those establishing shots. Like, you know, hey, look, it's Halloween. And then here's, like, a rainy night and an ambulance. Like, you can sort of predict what's coming with it all and stuff. It's pretty ominous. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, the wide shots of the ambulance driving down the street. The close-up of it, of the two guys in the car... Very much on a sound stage, being rocked back and forth. Yeah, that's all right. I got a question: Why do they keep moving this dude close to Halloween? Well, they don't. This is the first time, right? Yeah, but I mean, they'll do it again at some point. I'm trying to think. Well, I guess they did it in the first movie, right? And they're doing it now, ten years later. Yep. Is this guy Ernest Borgnine's son? <laughs> he's been in some other shit. I don't know what he's, yeah. where he's from, though. It's one of those that guys. Oh, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with it, guys. <laughs> the dialogue's a little cheesy, but I think we all have to remember that this is a 1988 film. And, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Oh, do you think that's a comment on the Reagan administration? I bet it is. Yeah. I like this. Exposition dump, just in case nobody saw the first three. 80s, 80s slasher sequel, you gotta have it. It's, I, 
I, I love it because I, six times <laughs> fucking great if Loomis pops up right there. It was six times. It's not a parody film. You guys know that, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I have a friend on my Facebook. His his husband dressed up as Loomis, and they shot some fun pictures like on their porch with the decorations. And I was like, no, no, he's got to go as crazed Loomis. And I found that, that scene on YouTube and sent it to him. I don't know how you dress up as that, but all right. Uh, beige trench coat, tie. That's about it. Naturally shaved. bald already. I was, so. was going to say shaved head. Yeah, he just grew a goatee for it. This fucking wild Donald Pleasant size. <laughs> I like how they're trying here to be like realistic with the. Uh, Oh, we have to medically test him after he was. We watched him get shot in the face twice last movie and then blown up. But we're like, yeah, now, now we need to worry about it. So they'll acknowledge that he uh, was set on fire, but yeah. they're sort of not acknowledging that he had his eyes shot out in the last movie. Yeah, they they play a little fast and loose with the uh, whether part two is considered in continuity or not. Like the sister thing is in check. And the burns are there, but when it's inconvenient, because even when they say that Loomis shot him six times, he shot him six times at the end of part one. He shot him again a couple more times later in part two. <laughs> right? So it's that six oh. number is not accurate. There it is. Classic theme. That, that's one of the most perfect pieces of music ever for a film. It just works. It so is. Well. You got to give John Carpenter credit outside of his directorial powers. The the dude can put together a fucking soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen him in concert twice. It's amazing both times. Told a friend of mine I was going, and he's very cynical about everything. And he's like, "Oh, that seems really dumb. Can you? Does he just play it all with one hand, like on a keyboard?" And I'm like, "You can fuck right off, sir." Right. Do you know how much? Do you know how much money I would pay to see a concert that was John Carpenter, Goblin, and Tangerine Dream, like oh. together, just playing movie music? Goblin was playing uh, in Chicago. They were playing along to with um, was it Demons? I think. Oh, see, that sounds so freaking good. Yeah, I like this. I like how they're just like we need we need to give him motivation so he can just hear people talking. Yeah. He's like, I have relatives? Fuck that. <laughs> Time to wake up. Oh, oh I always hated that shot. Like it. in a like in a good way. Like just sho- shoves that thumb right in you know, through his forehead. It was an afterthought, eh? Like they that was a reshoot because they're like, ah, the kill's not bloody enough. Let's bring him yeah. back and have something crazier happen. It's, it's like a kung fu master. <laughs> yeah. That dog better survive. I don't remember if he does or not. I, I we really should point like out, the relationship uh, between these two. Yeah. I was going to say we should point out Daniel Harris. Yeah. Go on to become a big uh, fixture in horror. Also the neighbor on Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> but 
More importantly, Plus, she's really embraced her horror roots. She's one of those people who just loves being a horror star, which I, I think is great. Oh, yeah. I listened to her uh, podcast, Talk Scary to Me. Yeah. It's great. See, I'm always hearing about random podcasts that I've never heard of before. Yeah, it's her and Scout Taylor Compton, Lori from the Rob Zombie movies. Okay. They, they do a podcast together. And it's just, they talk about horror stuff. They talk about, they answer weird sex questions, which is kind of fun. Yeah, Danielle Harris also embraces the fact that she's hot, she, as well as yep. she's a horror icon. She's, she's good at she's good at both. Does Clint does Clint Howard have a podcast yet? Oh, he should He should, and he su- he should answer weird sex it's questions slightly too. More on track than discussing whether Clint Howard has a podcast. Just a little more on track. Never. What? What if he has a podcast and Ron Howard narrates it like Arrest Development style over top of it? And it's called Howard on Howard? That'd be so good. <laughs> do, you, do we feel she's too old to be wearing footy pajamas? You're never yeah, too old to wear a, footy pajamas. She's a, like 11, and they have, but she's supposed to be playing 7. And 11 and 7 are pretty far apart. So yeah. <laughs> I really don't think she comes across as 7, but they keep trying. Yeah, here's our big nod. Here's the publicity still from the original Halloween. It literally <laughs> is. I guess yeah. it'd be pretty upsetting if your mom died, so I understand what she said. Oh, they did. Uh, did they say that in the, in the exposition that just happened that we were talking about Clint Howard over top of? They They... They didn't say it exactly, I don't think, but they get into yeah. the fact that they're not biological sisters and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's supposedly really nice, she... that, that opening scene of them together, like what I was trying to say before you guys distracted. It, it's a really <laughs> nice opening moment, and it builds a good relationship between the two girls. And it's it actually does. done really well. A lot of this, a lot of this opening is done really well. It, yes, it's exposition, but it's being done in a good way, and you yeah. need that exposition. In, like you know, again, reminding people that this was not a time when people were rewatching movies as often. You were sort of expected to, to give people the backstory in your opening scenes. Can mm. can we all agree with the fact that that you know that flash, that first look we get of Michael Myers for this movie, that he's really one of the most garbagey looking Michael Myers <laughs> in the series? Yeah, no, he, it's the mask isn't great. Everyone, yeah. everyone says it, but they everyone says it for a reason. And the decision to put him in hockey pads, I think, makes him look a little weird. Um, yeah, that's Jason's thing. Yeah, they they do like I think they do a good job of for, in these opening scenes of not showing him too much, so that we don't have to deal with it. But I don't know. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. A cod would never have allowed this, but what. What do you guys think? Do you think they should have just gone totally different with him? Like a just, different mask altogether? Yeah. I mean, hypothetically, he just stops and steals a mask. The likelihood that he went looking for the same one seems low. <laughs> uh, at this point, they were probably too scared. They're like, oh, yeah. we took all that shit out of the third one and look what happened. Yeah, 100%. I, I think there's no question that they were going to go directly back to this after that third one flopped. But <laughs> Yeah. They're like, nope, same mask, blue overalls, has to all be the same. I mean, how great would it have been if they just switched to a Leonard Nimoy mask painted purple or something? 
Jesus. That's like, you know, the performance from Danielle Harris there is really impressive. For an 11-year-old kid in her first movie role, Yeah, to have a crying scene early in the movie like that, and it it's well done. Halloween. It's one of the funny things in the Halloween series is that they feel obligated to tell us that October 31st is Halloween. They do it all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think anyone watching this movie knows when Halloween falls. Um, I would say there's some countries in Europe that don't celebrate Halloween. So maybe they don't know. I don't know. Fix but your shitty tie this. knot, you asshole. Oh, no, it's getting fashion critiques. Ugh. Tie, the guy is a, tie knots, the guy's a douchebag. So. Oh, this movie. Stereo, reinforcing the diet stereotype in like, teenagers. Boo. The, well, the knot that that guy has tied is called a schoolboy no, knot. Just it's fine. Only douchebags no wear it. No one cares. Um, <laughs> actually, the relationship between the, the mom and the daughter is pretty realistic, though. With the mom telling her to eat something healthy, and she's just like, "Nope, can't. I gain a pound." No, we need to get back to this tie knot. This is really sick. <laughs> <laughs> she about to put cream cheese on it because that's not very healthy. It, you, I believe you found like a flaw in the filmmaking. Here, oh, right. this is bullshit. A bagel of this, cream cheese is not diet food. The, the entire franchise has fallen apart because of this. With milk, too. Oh. Get some fruit and some cheese. Yeah, that's pretty realistic, too. <laughs> Kid's like, it's all my fault. The dad is such a dick, eh? Like, like yeah just like she's sitting there feeling bad and he's just rubbing it in that is yeah. he's parenting though i mean that's probably just a real <laughs> father-daughter relationship it's, it's what my parents would have done it's like you are a giant piece of shit you're right you see how you feel bad right now yeah you should probably feel worse work on feeling worse now go apologize you fat piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> as he picks up her bagel and eats it in front of her <laughs> Look at all these bangs, though. Well, 80s for sure. Nobody can say no to ice cream. Just to to add a level of sadness due to the timing of this movie. That dog is long dead. Oh, shut shut your mouth. (laughs) I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it and ruin everybody's day, Noah. I was not thinking about that dog dying at all. Thanks a lot. It's Halloween. Guys. I need to put you guys on edge. <laughs> the big reveal. Loomis with his burned face. I just think it's funny that like in the next movie, the scarage is like a lot less. Well, even and by the... By the sixth one, he's like, nah, I had plastic surgery. So they didn't have to deal I with it. I think later in this movie that they've... You see the scar go down. <laughs> Loomis, I don't understand why you're so paranoid about the guy that escaped from a mental hospital and killed a bunch of people is going to escape from a mental hospital and kill a bunch of people. Well. Especially around Halloween. What? It's interesting that he, that's, like, that's the wrong side. gesturing to the wrong side of his face. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. Like if he's trying to show his hand or what he's trying to do, but 
It's also notable that Loomis is technically the one that started the fire at the end of two. So he's like, look what he did to me. And it's like, uh, did he though? (laughs) (laughs) What? The guy escaped again? My God, the impossible super murderer that can't be killed. (laughs) I shot him eight times. I've shot him about 14 at this point, and I set him on fire. I put his damn eyes out. <laughs> I think technically Laurie put his eyes out. Just wait. Oh. 20 years from now, they'll take off his head with an axe and still make a sequel. <laughs> Again, for all the fun we're having, this is like pretty well done. Considering how cheesy the subject matter is, they're handling it pretty well. I just like how pissed off Loomis is. Like, yeah. I told you, I told you this would happen. You ignored me. It's it's such a slasher trope that they're just replaying the steps of the first film. But I don't <laughs> care because I love it. It's just. I do got to point out that there's blood all over the outside of the ambulance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like like that, that stuff coming out the window, that makes sense. On the back that you're wondering about? Well, if you, the initial scene, it's like all the way up on the wheel wells, like dripping down. And it's like, mm, that, look, <laughs> it's just yeah. random blood on the side of it. All those people were way dead before that thing. I could see Myers just pulling the bodies out and bash them against the side, though, once in a while. Just spread the blood around a little. <laughs> right. Have you? Yeah. Have you, George? Yeah. Look at, they're keeping the beaches open whether you want them to or not. So you can find <laughs> another way to handle this. <laughs> I do like they point out the continuity flaw. They're like, his muscles would be afro- a- afro- a- atrophied. And everybody just shrugs their shoulders like, yeah, well, obviously they're not. Well... <laughs> Hey, hey, guys, there's a guy back here with a thumb hole in his skull. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a bit? See, there is, as far as the muscle atrophy goes, though, there is an implication in the added scenes for the extended version of the original film that he's actually just completely faking his whole yeah. like mental illness. And so if he's doing that again here, then that he might be moving enough to prevent the muscle atrophy. Ooh. Just not letting people know. Dark man. That's a cool look. I do enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, they could have went with that for the rest of the movie. That'd be dope. At least for like a little while, I would have done it. Maybe get, like he gets the mask like towards the end or something. Hmm. Yeah, you yeah. don't play the don't play the Halloween theme at all until he puts the mask on. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah just, just make in, the like, audience wait for it. But even just having him in like the like the hospital gown and stuff too, the whole ordeal, I would have liked. Yeah. Guess I'll pump my own goddamn gas. This would have been way better if it was Loomis just like deducting this immediately. He's gonna get a mechanic's jumpsuit. He needs it. Loomis is so good. They really like it. Really is amping up the level of violence and stuff here, though. They're just like, yeah, these 
gonna crash a, a thing and blow a place up all within the first like what are we 15 minutes into the movie like yeah I feel like Loomis is uh, Donald Pleasant's Loomis is just amazing like when they did the remakes and they announced Malcolm McDowell I was like okay I kind of see that but his version is nowhere near they, they, they this level they should have changed the character entirely when they did the remake because there's nothing you can do that's comparable to this like after watching uh behind the mask though i think robert england would make a good loomis rugger hauer instead of uh mcdowell would have been a cool loomis i think it's a pretty different movie with him in it probably crazier yeah he does serious pretty good whenever he's got the right director yeah but he would have been working with rob zombie Point taken. <laughs> and I'm a zombie fan, I'm just saying. It is interesting that this place is so empty right now. It's like a weird coincidence. Probably convenient. <laughs> well, the fact that he just punched a phone. He's like, stupid phone. <laughs> also, I'm going to tear this out of the wall. Fuck this phone. Can't have people calling people. Also, I'm taking this commemorative photo of Lincoln. <laughs> oh, zoom in shot. It's a pretty cool shot. I like that he's just like, nah, we'll, we'll have a conversation about this. Instead of just firing away with his gun. I don't think I've ever noticed those hand-drawn caricatures in the background, but they're super creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Just imagine if he just unloaded on him right now, and then he disappeared, and then he calls the sheriff up later. He's like, I shot him six more times! And there's three different pictures of Lincoln on that wall, I gotta point out. See, to me, like, as an outsider, I just look at that and go, Americans are weird. Why do they hang so many pictures of Lincoln up? But it doesn't, <laughs> oh, you know what? I, doesn't seem I, I keep forgetting this is set in Illinois. Dude, the, yeah. we do have Lincoln bullshit everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> the land of Lincoln. It's filmed in, like, Utah or something, so. I've shot him 52 times. <laughs> Yeah, Donald, we're going to need you to dive over these trash cans. Ah, fuck that. God, God I hope they had a good stunt man for him. <laughs> he was like 70 at this point. I don't know, Dwight. Do you think it's a little overkill to have the fire go up the telephone pole and kill the power? Nah, I don't even see it as a problem. <laughs> oh, Halloween day at school. Especially those, the, those ones. Those Eight ones are great. Costumes are awesome. Is that dude? Is that one kid wearing a Michael Jackson Thriller? No, maybe. Kids are jerks. I like. It's pretty realistic, though. I know. In the eighties. Oh, agents of mask. That's yeah. even better. <laughs> That's awesome. I did like how the one little girl is like, 
How come your mom didn't make you a costume, Jamie, but they're all clearly wearing store-bought costumes? None of their moms made them a costume. Because <laughs> it was the 80s and moms didn't care that much about their kids back then. I like that I saw a teacher walking down the hall and she's just like, well, there goes the bully in again. I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, it's the 80s, so she's like, yeah, bully her good. It'll make her strong. <laughs> the- They'd probably pull her aside and later and be like, if you don't like getting bullied, try punching them really hard and see if they stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, have, you, have you tried physical violence? <laughs> I, I was given that advice by a teacher once. Oh, those fucking seat covers. So evidently at one point they wanted this Lindsay to be the Lindsay from the first movie. Yeah, and then they for some reason changed it, and I read that it was for budgetary reasons, but I don't understand. You couldn't afford Lindsay, (laughs) right? You couldn't just say, "Oh, my name's Lindsay." This happened to me before. Well, it's America, so I'd like to say that actress said, "Yeah, I'll come back." Could you guys pay me a little bit more since you know I'm a returning thing? And they were like, "How much do you want?" She's like, "Fifty dollars a day." Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Next thing you'll want health insurance. Did you guys just pick up on the continuity error in the film again, though? Some, some major flaws. Because they oh. were, well earlier when they were going for ice cream, they said that they were going to get double scoops. But now she's talking about going to Dairy Queen, which only serves soft serves. So, wow, oh. it's there. We go. I don't know, man. These writers were not on their game, I'll tell you that much. I may, have seen, movie, may have seen the movie too many times <laughs> <laughs> if I'm picking up on these things. but Maybe it's Mormon writers from Utah and they don't understand how ice cream works. They're not, not, not allowed to have it. Yeah. There's Sasha Jensen, yep. who I thought would be a bigger deal. But he kind of did this. He did Buffy. And then his biggest claim to fame is Dazed and Confused. Yeah. I've not seen him since. Why did he go away? I don't know. Because I don't know that he's ever great in anything, but I don't think he was ever bad in anything. Well, agreed. Oh. Sucks to be Wade. School harlot just told me to fuck off. That's such a movie trope, though, that she's the sheriff's daughter, so nobody, like, they're scared to approach her. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens in the real world. In my attempt to find out what happened to Sassy Jensen, I found out that he did stunts on some movies. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. On Short Circuit, specifically. The original? Mm-hmm. That would have been before this movie. I don't think my local drugstore had this much inventory of anything. No. But I guess, alone Halloween masks. I think especially the, these kind of Halloween masks. The idea, I think, is that they're in a smaller town. So it's kind of the drugstore and the everything else store. But I don't know if Haddonfield comes across as that small when they're portraying yeah. it the rest of the film. Trust me, I grew up in a real small town in Illinois. It blows. I'm sure. 
There's something about this um, costume that's perfect, like for this movie, because so it's kind of reminiscent of what Michael was wearing at the beginning of the first movie, but not really. You guys, you guys remember when we used to be able to find those great fucking Halloween masks around Halloween? Now you go to like Spirit, and they're all trash. I find the back of Spirit always has some like really good ones, but they're expensive as hell. Yeah. No, I feel I, like every every year Halloween stuff gets more expensive but more cheaply made. Yeah. My town actually had a full-time Halloween shop, but it just closed this year. So. What? God damn it. That's why we can't have nice things. I want a full-time Halloween shop around me. It's amazing how popular the uh, painted white Shatner mask is in this universe. (laughs) Is that that amazing or is it amazing the coincidence that somebody's putting it on in front of her? Especially like, hey, you remember when uh, that guy, that serial killer killed a bunch of people and he wore that mask? We should definitely make more of those, right? Yeah. Well, let's not make them quite the same, though. Let's make them a little more expressionless, brighter white. Some, like, rip-off Chinese companies making them. I could definitely see teenagers, like, if those murders happened 10 years ago, teenagers would want to wear that mask all over town. Yes, they would. Oh, yeah, that's what Scream's all about. Goddamn hitchhiking! Nineteen eighty eight was not a time when hitchhiking was still considered socially acceptable. I liked it as well, I guess he was rolling around in garbage cans. Yeah. He's lost his cane too. I was well, I was given like the implication that his face is dirty because he's hitchhiking, but yeah. Well his whole jacket and everything is dirty. Yeah. I like that he's like, Oh, just, these kids love me. Did we just uh <laughs> Transposed into a Friday the 13th movie. It feels like we sort of have here a little bit. You just had a bunch of bastard teenagers in slow-mo all of a sudden. <laughs> I like that this guy is calling somebody old man. Hello. The greatest hobo in cinema. Maybe besides oh, Charlie man, Chaplin. The license plate says... Nothing... As safe as getting into a rusty old truck in the <laughs> middle of nowhere with a religious themed license plate. Yeah. Every time I see him, though, I just want to sing uh, Jimmy Crack Corn from when he was in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I got these things on my dashboard. These are my trophies from the people I pick up and kill along the highway. <laughs> <laughs> What are you hunting, sir? This all seems... He's <laughs> just drinking and driving. Uh, right? <laughs> Welcome to Illinois. Especially so, back road, Illinois. It's so funny, though, because I kind of like... I like this scene, and I like this conversation. But it's so objectively absurd that he just happens to get picked up by this guy that's screaming about the apocalypse. <laughs> 
you're all doomed. <laughs> it's got a death curse. He seems like he should be. Crazy Ralph. <laughs> sure. I actually checked IMDb before, and I'm like, was that Crazy Ralph in Halloween 4? I should know that before I watch it. So I checked no, to make sure. it's not, but... Been a whopping like five days since last time I watched Friday the Thirteenth, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> it's always bummed that Crazy Ralph got killed off in the second one. He should have been a mainstay it's in the franchise. Just the janitor on the boat in Part Eight. Yeah. I feel he served his purpose. He'll scoop all this onto one plate, and then we'll throw it in the garbage. Uneven ass tie knot. <laughs> Jesus. What is that random mask by the back door? Uh, people, why is that hanging on the wall? People do that, man. People hang masks on the wall. I don't know why people do it, to be totally honest. Yeah, like they said we're super into Halloween and Kabuki theater. <laughs> Two great things that go great together. I put this clown costume on. I've been, I've been wanting to all day. I've been having horrible visions of a child that was murdered wearing a similar costume. Can't wait to put it on. That was maybe the first unrealistic part of the movie, though. Right there was when she just wasn't already wearing it. Oh yeah, she didn't. Wear, she didn't put it on as soon as she got home from the store. Just like eating dinner in it, <laughs> then spilling something on it, getting all upset like it's somebody else's fault. I know what kids are. <laughs> Acting like that hasn't happened to you recently. What is Lando dressing up for as, as for Halloween? Uh, well, he's got a Thor costume and he randomly announced about a day or two ago that he doesn't want to wear it. I'm like, but oh, that seems right too. I'm pretty sure he, it's because it he, he knows the last movie sucked as well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's heard me rant, but nobody's Thor from infinity war. Cause he wants to carry a stormbreaker. So, and also because I buy the costumes used online, so he has to be one from an older movie. So you buy him a hor- uh, horse mask, and you tell him he's Beta Ray Bill this year. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. I'll try to talk him into it. Or a frog head, and he can go as uh, whatever the frog one is called. I can't remember. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> joke. Very well executed. Throg? Is it Throg? Is that right? Probably. Oh, there's Michael finding a picture of himself. That's nice. It's good for the family to keep around in case, you know, he wants to reminisce about how he killed his sister in that costume. That's bullshit. I saw that he was working as a security guard at the hospital. So you can fuck off, sir. I like that he his desk is up on a stage, and so when he comes in, like, I need to talk to the sheriff. He acts like he hasn't heard him and just sits up there for a beat. It sort of reminds me of, like, the way churches have the altar at the front, so you're just standing up a little bit higher. <laughs> the scar is already healing on his face, though. That's nice to see. <laughs> Do you think he was just really nasty in the, in the makeup trailer that morning? He's just like, knock. 
I'm not sitting anymore. Deal with it. There's a story that, like, I don't know if it was, like, a girlfriend or something of his came by set and told him he looked ridiculous in the makeup, so he made them change it. <laughs> and they, like, they were supposed to refilm everything, but apparently they were, weren't capable of uh, editing it together. They accidentally put in some of the old makeup. They they tried to yell at the uh, script supervisor about it, and she was like, Donald Pleasance yelled at me, and I was very scared. <laughs> He's got wild eyes. He's like, I'll shoot you six times. God, God damn it, I'm not wearing this shit on my face. <laughs> Again, yeah, like Doug has pointed out, this is this is the beaches on Fourth of July, Amityville style or Amity style. Like it's not happening. Don't go out for Halloween. Don't get free candy. Listen to your children, bitch, about not being able to go. At least like that. The uh... yeah, we'll also tell them not to have premarital sex. God damn it! This isn't Friday the Thirteenth. I know it's very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> I always like those articulate paper decorations. Me too. I always wreck them because I always want to go by and make the arms move every time I walk by them. Though <laughs> We've got them all over my office. I can't. I mess with them every morning before I start work. Hey, what's up? It's a kid from school, yeah. Kids that made me cry earlier. I like your costume. It's like, no, you don't, you little prick. We apologize for being dicks earlier because you weren't wearing a costume. We see you do have a costume. All is forgiven. The words were unnecessary. That's the thing is that they don't even apologize. It's just kids being kids. They're just like, you got a costume on now? You're one of us. Join the crew. I like that the sheriff's daughter's like, I'm just going to wear a t-shirt to answer the door. Cops do it by the book. That she's just wearing a fucking copaganda shirt. <laughs> and then I, and then I like that her boyfriend's like, no, I can't wait twenty four hours to have sex. I have to have it now. Rachel, hold on. I was hired specifically for my facial structure. Look at my cheekbones. <laughs> they call me Headshot McGee. <sighs> I look a little bit like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I wanted to hop on something different. That's not fair. She's not even wearing pants. That's not fair, Rachel. Call her hot pants. <laughs> right? Look at her. She's just wearing a t-shirt. What am I supposed to do? I'm only a man, woman. She has a brown panties underneath. We'll find that out later. Yeah. Also, did your did your dad talk to you earlier? You're packing on a few. Did you have another bagel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost the adopted sister. Now what the fuck am I going to do? The parents are going to be really mad. That goddamn Spuds McKenzie lamp. It sure pretty, was. That's pretty cool, man. I don't know. I'm going to call somebody. I got something to say. Uh, 
I like all the. Uh, yeah. This is anybody else feel like this was predicting the future? Like, hey, for for safety <laughs> reasons, we need to shut down your businesses for a little while. What? I am not stopping drinking in the bars. I am. <laughs> oh shit! I do. Tommy Doyle's there somewhere. Like, evil dies tonight. I do respect the fact that the guys behind the bar just pounding a beer before he leaves. When I walk into a bar and I see the bartender drinking, I know I'm going to have a good night. <laughs> well, I love the fact that they go from, all right, they told us to close and go home. Maybe we should all round up a posse and go after whatever it is that they're after that we don't Listen, know yet. They phoned the police station and they didn't get an answer. So naturally, they're charging over in uh, three or four truckloads of guys. With a bunch of whom have to ride in the back, because otherwise, what would they do? Take their own vehicles? That wouldn't make any sense. So, well, seems like a little girl's room. I don't like it. Nope. There's, there's pictures of Michael. Michael must have been here. He's probably thinking, you know, as a psychiatrist, I probably would not have recommended giving these pictures to the niece of the murderer. I probably would just <laughs> put those somewhere else so she doesn't look at them every night and think about it. No! <laughs> Boo! This movie. Boo! So, Don't look. Don't look, Margot. For those of you who are not watching along, that would be the scene where we find out what happened to the dog. Yeah. Again, they killed the dog in the first one. They have to do everything the same in this one, basically. I like this guy. This guy with the pompadour hair and the mustache. I, d- I do appreciate the fact that in this movie, he goes to the police station. He's like, there's a goddamn killer on the loose. And they're like, all right, maybe we should look into that. <laughs> he did this once before, and he was pretty right back then. So, Yeah. Yeah, this was a reshoot scene, too, don't, from what I remember. Don't mind me. I'm just a lurking. Like we need some more deaths. Let's let's kill a, a power guy, <laughs> specifically named Bucky. He, I'm gonna call a manager. He, you stay right oh, there. Your mask and your weird fucking. I told you not to take a step forward. Yeah, my balls. Ah! <laughs> I like this. He just kills the town. It's like I killed the, this person, this person, this person, and to cut everything short, I'm just going to kill the entire town right now. No power for anybody. It's perfect. All those. Explosions. I was going to flip the switch, but you really made this a lot more fun for me. So, <laughs> what? How did they kill the power? If this was a reshoot, I wonder how they killed it in the original cut. It is just Michael Myers, know. like flipping a switch. It's just like a a stunt man's hand comes in and the thing's on on and he flips it off. (laughs) Then they cut to the scene of the town getting all dark. Maybe they'd filmed a different version of it but needed a more graphic death. Maybe that's what it was. It's probably something like that, yeah. The street's cleared real quick, eh? Right. Trust me, for two people who live in Illinois... When the government or the, the local authorities tell you to clear the streets, it doesn't happen very quick. I'm a, my favorite part about it is that all the kids that Jamie was with are gone. So the implication is that their parents showed up, picked them up, and they're like, oh, there's one kid left. Ah, she'll be fine. Just leave her here. 
We had, Every kid for herself. We had a curfew in my town. And the whole trick was you just told them that you were on the way home, no matter what. <laughs> so the cops would pull up and they'd be like, what are you guys doing? And we'd be like, oh, we're heading home. Sorry. All right. Well, okay. Well, blah, blah, blah. And then they would like two hours later swing by you again. Why are you guys still out here? Well, this is the direction my house is. We're walking, man. It takes a little while. <laughs> You're still heading home. My grandparents were like severely concerned that the town town curfew that I would get like picked up by the cops, fined, fingerprinted. It was like you have to be home by by the time the, the curfew. Like calm down. The concept of a town curfew is really interesting to me. As somebody who lives in like a free country, it seems very strange that you would have that. <laughs> just for people, just for people under eighteen. Yeah. You don't get rights until you turn 18. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Here's to keep them goddamn hooligans off the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. It is a little <laughs> weird how quickly people in the movie freak out when they see a guy in a costume on Halloween night. Yeah. Well, a, I, I'll she, be honest. It's it's America, and it's a woman seeing a man while she's alone at night. So, yeah, that's fair an enough. Interesting point. She's she has no idea she's in a horror movie. She's just worried about being assaulted. And I mean, does she even know the story of Jamie's uncle murdering a bunch of people? It seems like everybody knows. The kids at school know. She must know. That's true. Jamie's handling the being left alone in the middle of nowhere pretty well. Yeah, considering all the dreams she just screamed through the night before. Convenient. Those some high-waisted-ass jeans. <laughs> Back in fashion again. It is one of those movie moments. Like she finds Jamie right as the cops find them both. Mm-hmm. There's Michael. God damn it! Son <laughs> of a bitch! Fuck! I really should start running. How am I going to continue that's murdering a, my whole family when Loomis a, keeps fucking butting his shit in? That's a really cool shot of him standing back over there, though. He's multiplied. Yeah. Yeah. The point of your uh, hilarious prank about the local serial killer ends when people have fucking guns. <laughs> you should see his face. Oh, my dad will sue you. Not 1988. Lewis is like, God damn it, that was really stressful. We almost shot them six times. They really should have, like, put Loomis on some kind of, like, heart medication throughout the series, and you just see him <laughs> having to continually increase the, his dosage. <laughs> oh, the posse was right. Yeah. Well, he, police station destroyed. Oh, never just rings at the police station. Well, unless you're you're in a real emergency, 
And it does. I love how wrecked the place is. Just just Michael came in here fucking windmill punching everyone, apparently. <laughs> well, have we seen bodies yet? No. We just saw blood splash everywhere. Oh, there we go. Ooh, got his hand chopped off. What if it was like this wacky, like comedic scene where he chopped the dude's hand off and then bent the dude's fingers to like do the two fingers and then poked him in the eye with him? But well, we don't know that's not what happened, right? How does <laughs> how does a man do this, Loomis? Tell me. Well, typically with a kitchen knife, but this late into the series, he starts really mixing it up. <laughs> Now look, they just murdered he just murdered a bunch of cops. We don't need you guys with your guns. I do like the- My wife doesn't want me home. <laughs> I like that Loomis just like he just manipulates everybody. <laughs> So, I wonder whose what dad the, he's supposed that, to be. We said right. Kenny Loggins in the background. <laughs> Sheriff, we're about to go into the danger zone. Oh, uh, not the Pompadour cop. That sweet mustache yeah, going on? going to say, sorry, mustache, you're dead. How, I like that he's just laying in the backseat, you know, not even trying to hide. How did he hear about the station? What's that? Does that make any sense? He's just casually trying to decide how he's going to kill him. He's like, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for him to drive a little ways, and then maybe I'll... I, I don't know. Make him eat that radio receiver. I don't know. I feel it's more like he's like he knows that Jamie's with the cops, so he's like, "Let's just hop in the back of this car and let him drive me to wherever they are." <laughs> yeah, we totally didn't see the cop just pull out of our driveway. That's that's a pretty big flaw in the filmmaking. We're like, what if our <laughs> daughters being missing have anything to do with those two cops that were just here? Just a redneck posse driving around with guns at this point. That's yeah. always fun. Yeah, definitely something they didn't redo in one of the latest movies. Oh, so much of what is in these sequels that are supposedly so terrible that they can't use them is just reused in those other movies. Oh, yeah. We'll teach you to fuck in the park on Halloween, you goddamn teenagers. I also do love the implication. Like they were at the bar and they all just had these guns in their cars. <laughs> well, this is the eighties. Most oh, trucks in Illinois had a gun rack in the back window. America. <laughs> I mean, look at them. They're fucking they're wearing Trump hats before Trump hats were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Time traveling redneckery. 
killed the town drunk. And these two just don't care what's going on in the outside world. Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. I mean, come on. To be honest, if you were that age and this was going on, would you? No. Like, yeah, I don't care. Kill me. It's fine. They don't even know the power is out. They're like, whatever. I'm, I'm just saying. So you're a dude, right? And you've got a choice uh-huh. between cop slut and hygiene. I don't know. Well, I might go cop slut. <laughs> right. Here's the thing, though. You guys are, are misrepresenting the situation because he thought he was going to manage to get away with both, right? He didn't plan on getting caught. That's true. Uh-oh. It's about to get real awkward up in here. Boo, cameraman. Boo. I actually read online today that they filmed nude scenes with this chick and then didn't use them in the movie for some reason, which is really yeah. unusual for a slasher film in 1988. Any male listeners or, or female listeners, I guess. She has been nude in other movies, so okay. feel free to Google. Well, anyways, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to put this back on without a bra. Nobody will notice. It's fine. I just thought them tucking the bra underneath the uh, thing is under the couch cushion is a nice little gag, but I would have preferred they threw it in the fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michael, we're here. Put your shoes back on. Once again, there's so many of these moments in this film, I don't think I've ever noticed it until this viewing where all the people just show up at the same time. (laughs) Nobody has time for two shots. What do you mean? What's going on? Put your bra on. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good, because we're all probably getting horribly murdered in a few minutes. I like that there's no key for the for the well, gun cabinet. The, just, the gun cabinet in the living room. It's just no yep. key. Welcome to Illinois. It's so funny how I've I've never questioned it. It's just how I view your country. <laughs> Up your ass. That's what I mean. Wait a minute. I wasn't in the back seat. God damn it, that homeless guy better not take a shit in my back seat again. <laughs> I'm still concerned, but I'm going to go about my work. Yeah. I mean, I guess logically get back inside is the right move. <laughs> I'm making Molotov cocktail. I think the safest space for you is in the master bedroom, cuddled up in bed. Seems right. Uh, what? So, Copslet's dad just told me that he would fuck me with a shotgun if I had sex <laughs> with his daughter. So, I'm coming back to you. Have you read any of the uh, taping Taking Shape books, Doug? No, I haven't. Both really good. Definitely worth a read. First one covers the making of all the movies in the series. 
up to uh, the Rob Zombie movies. And then the second one covers all the unmade yeah. Halloween movies, which is really good. So the, the podcast Best Movies Never Made actually mm-hmm. did some segments where they referenced that book a lot. And yeah. uh, it's pretty entertaining, some of the stuff that apparently almost happened. Yeah. Great books. I have both of them. Yeah. They're fantastic. Apparently what John Carpenter wanted for this movie was for Michael Myers to become supernatural, to have him be like a ghost. And it was his, mm-hmm. his original idea would be that Halloween hadn't been celebrated in the town since 1978. So, And then with the return of Halloween would be the return of Michael Myers in his ghostly form. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to bother to put pants on while my dad's cop friends are here. Shirt's pretty long. It's fine. (laughs) Still haven't put a bra on. Let me uh, hold my boobs in a suggestive way. (laughs) Why don't you go do woman shit and make us some coffee? It is a little bit sexist. I have to nail the eye of Agamotto closed. <laughs> I was going to say, what if we found the girl from uh, Black Christmas up here? <laughs> well, he's not in the birdcage. I mean, it's pretty well done, that shot, though. For as silly yeah. as it was that he looked in the birdcage, that door opening in the background was pretty cool. This is boring. I'm bored. <laughs> Nieces and nephews just do that shit all the time. <laughs> Jesus, power's out. <laughs> Let's send a telegraph. I assume there's some kind of backup like battery for the police uh, telecommunications. Fuck all this standing bullshit. I need a chair. I already had to stand at that other house. I'm not standing at this house, too. Oh, it's a rocking chair. Nice. Oh, hey. She's making coffee. Making like instant coffee? Why is she using a kettle? Because there's no electricity, Doug. Come on. Uh, that's an interesting point. Gas stove, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, just use the this Folgers instant coffee because it's the 1980s. <laughs> we replaced the sheriff's coffee with Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my sister's asleep. I should probably sneak out now. Yeah, now's as good a time as any to go find that cute guy that I was flirting with earlier. <laughs> or the cops let and argue with her for no reason. I, I just always would prefer, like like it when they do something much more realistic where she's like, God, I need to watch this little girl because there's a murderer. But at the same time, I really need to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I came to sit in that rocking chair, but I see you're enjoying it. Uh, 
This cop is not comforting. No. It reminds me a little bit of RoboCop, the way he speaks in like the monotone, like just short sentences. Mm-hmm. Like obviously not going to be comforting to the people that he's trying to help. <laughs> Tuckerville? Me and Noah know Tuckerville, right? <laughs> this is a dead serious. Like, what info do you need? Send troopers. That's all. Well, probably like an address. Get, get, get a little bit of info. So. How, how many times has he been shot at this point? Six times. He's been shot since he woke up from his coma. Those other shots don't count. They were 10 years ago. <laughs> My rockabilly club tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. that's comforting, Loomis. I don't know what Loomis's plan is. Jason, I'm not. I'm not saying that he isn't just a man, but uh, he's also the embodiment of pure evil, and he may be immortal. So I'll go get him by myself while you guys hang out here. <laughs> Awkward tension. Oh, look, I was only going to suck his dick, okay? I hope not. He's in high school. Oh, shit. How dare you? I am 35 years old and still a teenager. <laughs> oh, shit. Now she has to take that shirt off. Apparently, again, that scene was filmed of her taking the shirt off and walking down the hall with nothing on, and they didn't use it. You're a teenage girl. I can trust you with this job. Everyone's life is at stake. You'll be fine, right? You've never used this radio before, and probably your sister will wake up at some point and come screaming. The bad news is that there is a psychopathic serial killer on the loose. The good news is the whole town's full of roving, drunk vigilantes with shotguns. <laughs> Which is actually, it's actually pretty good writing to have the two guys leave so that when Myers shows up, it's all the people that we know don't stand a chance left over. Hmm. Could have sworn there was a sister here when I fell asleep. Yeah, you're probably fine out there by yourself. It's dark room. Yeah. 
Have they given a, an explanation as to why they can't carry that radio upstairs to where they have lights? <laughs> I need hot cocoa for everybody. I like that she's looking around the house like, where is everybody? What's going on? Hiding? That's not a cop. I don't like her, though, because she sees she was, I thought you might want some coffee, like as if she wasn't just following instructions. She's trying to take credit for her dad's good idea. Right. Oh, those teenagers love their MTV. You're all right, right? You haven't been horribly murdered? Oh, oh, shit. Wait a minute. If you're dead on the floor, then who's in the chair? That's such a fun moment. I love it. This large thing I'm holding does shoot people. That is what it's for, but nah. Suck that, Jason Voorhees. That was a pretty cool shot of the face, the way they did a good job of covering up the terrible mask. Lots of shadows and stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. How are, how are you? It's efficient filmmaking. Only one dead body and two of them get to discover it. Is that what's going to happen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so much fun. Oh. That's the worst stairfall ever. Oh no! My parents are going to be so mad. <laughs> How do you lose the kid again? <laughs> right? She's like the worst like babysitter slash sister ever. Yeah, that kid's dead. Fuck her. He's just like totally willing to sacrifice the little kid. Oh, locks. My only weakness. That's the worst shotgun ever. I thought it was bamboo. How did he not know that the lock was made out of metal? This thin little chain. It's unstoppable. (laughs) Oh my God. There you are where I left you sort of. I got Michael just wanders into frame like that. Oh, I wasted my bullets on the metal lock. <laughs> Do what I, I like that he that he that he keeps like taking bullets out that he's trying to put in like. This bullet obviously doesn't work. It's like, no, you're not loading it right, you dumbass. Terrible. 
not a true American patriot, or he'd know how to use that gun better. Yeah. No, he's just yes. up and uses it as a bat. Oh, there we go. Oh, that made my nose hurt just watching that, though. Well, the gun didn't work. My fist will. Maybe I'll just chuck you out of a window, you little bitch. It seems like you should go right out that window. It has been set up. It's like Chekhov's window at this point. Yeah. Oh, more stuff with the thumbs and shit. Yeah, pretty gross. I like it. Whoever's decision it was to go back and make the movie bloodier, I support that decision. (laughs) Yes. Clog up the stairway. Clog it! Uh, What did young guns do when they were stuck in the attic? Throw Well, it's this is obviously a mess. Get through it. <laughs> no way to just do that cool, slow walk when there's all that stuff in the way. Oh, he found his knife. You know, in the old knife box up in the attic. Yeah, fuck your window. I always like this going out on the roof has a real sense of danger to it. They're high enough up that it looks like you'd actually get pretty hurt if you fell. It looks like a slate roof though. Do they have any of those here in Illinois? No. But slate roofs. Yeah. Mm hmm. I never, never been rich enough to own one, so I don't know. This one's not very good quality. It falls apart when you yeah. just climb it. See, when your script calls for a seven-year-old, but you film with an eleven-year-old, <laughs> it's a lot harder for that poor actress to crawl up that roof. Interesting thing is, she's the same height now. As a 40-something-year-old woman. Yep. She's tiny. Yeah, she is. Ugh. Ugh. Why are you making me climb on this roof? He's going to try to do his, like, slow walking. <laughs> well, Jason Voorhees impression up on the roof. <laughs> Knocks, knocks Jamie off the roof. <laughs> what is that? Like the cable? Yeah, it'd be like a cable. Yeah. That's fine. I'm going to dangle you off this three story <laughs> TV cable. It's probably fine. Oh, oh shit. Hold on to the coax. Yeah. Kid's back just broke. But luckily the cable wasn't long enough to get her to the ground anyway, so. Yeah. She's just dangling there. Good move. 
That sucks to be Rachel, man. That's a heck of a yeah, fall. Yeah, that's a pretty big fall. Again, that shot of Michael Myers, the, the movie's well shot. That shot of him up standing on the roof looking down is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, the lighting and the shadow and everything is done really well in this movie. People complain that it's too dark because they actually filmed at night, but I don't think so. He did do a little Jason Voorhees teleport right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't imagine him like booking it down the stairs to make his way outside. Plus, how could he possibly get out that door when the locks are made of metal? So. Exactly. Metal, Michael Myers' only weakness. So apparently they filmed this screen, uh, this scene on a real street, and somebody called the cops because there was a little girl running up and down the street screaming and yelling. <laughs> Glad nobody thinks thinks to think ahead in this and let people know. Eh. Who could have known that his only weakness was ordinary bullets? <laughs> Like, did I run far enough? I don't know what to do here. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck are you rambling about, old man? What? Why? Schoolhouse. School? Where's the schoolhouse? It is funny that they never really address just how British he is. He called the the gas station a filling station earlier, and I'm like, <laughs> surprised he didn't have to explain to people what that meant. Is that? <laughs> now, you guys will have to yeah. help me out with the cultural differences here. Is that how you lock schools at night in the States with a big cartoonish <laughs> lock on the outside? No. <laughs> they just have a key? I don't understand how his gun is able to break that lock when the shotgun couldn't earlier. Well, this lock isn't metal. It's made out of that other stuff that locks are occasionally made of. <laughs> It's funny how, like, in a slasher film, we're all just like, well, the one guy shot the lock and that made it not open, and this guy shot oh, the lock and that made it open. There's, there's white-haired Michael. Somebody brought the wrong mask to the set that day. I'm going to die at school. This is the worst. To be fair, if you were at the bank and somebody was going to kill you, you'd be like, no, not at work. Oh, be the worst spot to get like murdered. This last few seconds laying there dying, realizing you're stuck in your office. <laughs> and then if I'm a ghost, this is where I'm going to haunt. I'll be at work forever. Now I know how Bruce Willis felt. <laughs> It is weird. Myers is kind of like, like he takes out Loomis and then she runs off and he doesn't just follow her. He should really, (laughs) if he wasn't so worried about posing, he definitely would have gotten her. Right. She's just sitting there with her eyes closed against the wall. He could have grabbed her. Stabbed her right in the same spot there. I'm not sure if his heart's in this kill. (laughs) It doesn't seem like it. It's like, I'll kill her, but it's more like because I have to. It's more work at this point. 
Hey, Joe Bob. Go to the school. Oh, really? Thanks, Rachel. Inside, inside where? Inside the school. Oh, when you said inside, you meant the building that's right there. (laughs) Yeah, fuck this town. Let's go. It's the first smart decision anybody's made in a long time. It's true. Makes you wonder where the other, like, three truckloads of guys are, though, right? And the sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) They're back at the bar drinking. Like, bartender's not here. Let's go. There's no 410 in Illinois. This movie's bullshit. Quit nitpicking. <laughs> State police, just car after car after car. I kind of like that. Yeah, I'll shoot my gun off. That'll that'll let the cops know everything is all right. So what's the problems? Well, there's a serial killer, but also there's truckfuls of drunk guys with shotguns that just murdered a guy in a park. So I'm the responsible one. I'm just firing warning shots, but those guys. Well, I'm glad this mess is over. Do you have a date to homecoming this year, little miss? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> For the record, you added in the part about him uh, flirting with the teenage girl right there. Yep. I hope you meant the teenage girl and not the seven-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. This fog. <laughs> this is absurd at this point. The fact that he's like hanging on the back of the truck. Like, where was he? And how was he hanging on with one hand so he could keep his knife? I think we're supposed to believe he was under the truck, like sideshow bobbing it, you know, for like uh, their Cape Fear spoof. Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure that I understand how that could be possible based on what we watched. (laughs) Like, while she was saying, he's inside, he's in the school, he was like sneaking around the outside and going underneath. Oh, yeah. But it's worth it. I don't care. That is Tear so that beautiful. dude's throat out. <laughs> MacGruber! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kick Earl on out. I like that Rachel's just got blood splatter on her face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing she knows how to drive a stick. I, know. I don't know how to drive a stick. I'd be in real trouble in these circumstances. You know, if you slam on that brake. Yeah. 
But yeah, those close-up shots, once again, are not worth it. Strong point of the film, close-up shots of people driving. No. That's the thing they can't handle filming in this whole movie. Everything else, it looks so good. <laughs> Even the distance shots with him on the roof, like you can't see what he's hanging on to or anything. <laughs> just, 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 just shatter the windshield right a lot of people when their heads hit a windshield it's an accident but not Michael <laughs> gets up and keeps going he looks like Kane Hodder is playing Michael Myers in this one <laughs> this is the correct choice by the way Rachel this decision to run him over now is absolutely correct. Yeah, it felt like a I, dummy. <laughs> yeah, that dummy was a little rough. <laughs> throws him into it. Looks really good. Throws him into a different section of town. It's a good thing there's a second round of state police coming. <laughs> Which means you don't move. Sure. I'm going to get out and go out there like an idiot. (laughs) Hold the dead guy's hand for a minute. Too late. <laughs> this is where they added in the scene of the old creepy man from Monster Squad. He picks the knife up and he's like, who's ready for more pie? God. These cops are very bad shots. Yeah. Some of those things they're hitting are not even close to him. Considering we see in the next movie that, yeah, <laughs> they barely even touched him. Took him a whole year to recover. I'm not sure what he fell into. I think it was a well. It's like an old mine shaft or something, maybe. Leads to a river. I know that much. (laughs) I'm not dead. I'm just very badly hurt. (laughs) Going to try to stand up now. You shot me. You shot me right in my arm. <laughs> I like that at the beginning oh. of part five, they edited in somebody walking over and just dropping an explosive on him. Right. Oh, hey, Loomis. Thanks for all your help, buddy. Suddenly the crazy guy's like, no, nah, he fell into a hole. We couldn't recover the body. I'm sure it's all fine. How many, how many times did you shoot him? Six goddamn times! I like that Rachel's just like comatose on the couch and everyone's just oh, like, yeah. yeah, she earned that. It's fine. Yep. It's like my boyfriend's dead. The girl he was cheating on me with is dead. Earl, I had to push Earl out of a moving truck. I had to run a guy over. The first time I've done that, you know. <laughs> Stressful day overall. 
plus the babysitting responsibilities. <laughs> I didn't even get to eat my bagel with cream cheese. Dad ate it. Oh, oh no. Remember guys, just like in the first movie. What? You're telling me this is an homage to Halloween? What? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. It's almost as if the little girl was into what Michael Myers was doing. Uh, I fucking love watching Donald Pleasance right here. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to shoot this fucking kid. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shoot her six times. Just just going into the fetal position. I like that Meeker didn't even know. Like, he just instinctually knocked the gun out of his hand and then grabbed it and was like, what's going on? Well, that's an awesome shot of that little girl, man. It is. That's a perfect closing shot for the movie. She's been infected with his evil. I've seen that, uh, Daniel Harris to do photo ops in the costume, like in, a, in a, an adult version of the costume. Yeah. At some point she, uh, apparently she did keep the costume as a kid and use it for trick or treating. <laughs> And then <laughs> that's fucked up eventually sold it to like a fan i don't know if it was a charity auction or whatever but yeah definitely didn't jerk off into it <sighs> hey everybody that's halloween four yes <laughs> thanks for ending it on that note brian that's exactly yeah. what we were all hoping it would go i like that ron harrison is credited as hick kid <laughs> big, big out, <laughs> I like how it's uh, state police. This is just one guy, as if they CGI'd the rest of a band based on like, like Clone Wars style. Don or Samson. So, what do, you, what do you think of this movie? No, we haven't really heard from you. Do you think this is one of the better sequels? Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I I feel like this is where it moved into a different. I don't know. Like they were trying to compete with Friday the Thirteenth. It's where the kills start getting kind of crazier. Yeah, I think if you go back and watch two, that's where it starts. It's just that two maintains a little bit closer atmosphere to the original, so people right. don't realize just how much of the uh, how much the kills have been amped up and how much more ridiculous everything is. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is what made Halloween special is that that's not what it was. Yeah. yeah. I look at the Halloween series a lot like the Jaws series, where you're like, okay, the first one is this like fantastic just piece of art just wonderful and then the second one is like your typical hollywood sequel everything's a little bigger a little badder you know what i mean it's a little bit more fun and then, sure. and then three is about a school in south africa instead of being about a shark yeah that's the one people don't talk about <laughs> and then but, but Jaws 3, I also think, is just a fun, dumb shark movie. And this is a fun, dumb slasher movie. I think it is the same. You know? Yeah. This may have been the first one I've ever I watched when I was little. This was definitely the first one I watched. When I was, yeah. Whenever it came out on VHS, which was, would have been like... I think it came out in like the early summer of 89 because they wanted it out long enough before Part 5 hit theaters. And I just, I watched it and like not once or twice, like a lot. <laughs> just kept watching it. 
Yeah, because I, I probably had seen three. So I didn't know, probably in my brain, I didn't know, like, why this guy was trying to kill his niece. Well, I, I, I just had, know he wasn't in the previous one. See, I had the advantage of an older brother. So when I liked this one, then he showed me one and two. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. So by the time, like, five came out, I was super excited about it. And my brother was all annoyed because he's like, they're turning him into Jason. He's supposed to be different. <laughs> like, God, what kind of a jerk complains about stuff like that in horror movies? Yeah. If I had a radio show or something, I would never do such a thing. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. This, I'm kind of in the same place in the series. I, I like all the Halloween movies up to five. And then six, I still like, but I like it in the fact that it's fucking trash. <laughs> and I like trash, right? Fair enough, yeah. And then yeah. the rest of the series is just so inconsistent and... It's- my, like Buster my favorite, well, my favorite part of H2O is the part where the black lady in the theater stands up behind me and screams, <laughs> you bitch, you killed LL. <laughs> Hard to recreate when you watch it at home. <laughs> right, right. It loses some of that majesty on rewatch. <laughs> Man, yeah, and, and then the rest H2O of them. It's, yeah, there's just a lot of you're like, what in the fuck were they thinking? Like, I just don't. <laughs> oh, that. That ninth one, though, what the resurrection is that the sequel to H2O? Oh, yeah, that's number eight. Like, it's just, I can't, I can't even comprehend <laughs> how someone thought any of that was a good idea. It's like, you're, trick or treat, motherfucker. What, well, you're bringing back Lori again to kill Lori? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was contractually obligated. Yeah. Miss Jamie Lee Curtis was putting her foot down and she was never returning to the franchise again. She really nope. stuck to those guns. Yep. It's funny because she refused to return in 88 and she was fine with it in 98 and like wouldn't return until 2018. <laughs> like, why? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think they came to her and they said, hey, Halloween, but feminism. And she was like, okay. <laughs> Which I can't well, blame her. I mean, that's not a bad deal. What if you're survivalist that lives out in the middle of nowhere? You don't consider the original Halloween to be a, a piece of feminist literature there, Noah? <laughs> yeah, good movie. Uh, I, I love part four. I mean, I just think it's such a fun slasher movie. It's obviously a huge departure from the original. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, that's what happens in in horror franchises right they go off in their own directions and this one decided to be just a super fun slasher movie i mean almost unnecessary that it's even called halloween 4 except for the fact that they wanted to market it but that's fine the the only disappointing thing about this series is despite the fact that it's unnecessarily long and uh inconsistent and convoluted and none of the canon makes sense is why there aren't 35 italian sequels to it fit <laughs> add to that confusion. It's so weird that the Italians were so big on giallo films and that American cinema kind of took that and merged it into slasher films. 
And then Italian cinema was like, well, we'll rip off everything Americans do except slasher films. That's the one thing we won't touch. (laughs) Well, they're like, we already perfected that. Uh, By the way, why are your killers people with backstories? This doesn't make, (laughs) there's just supposed to be a random person you met earlier in the movie for three seconds. They were like, they saw Friday the 13th and they were like, that's right. That's how you do it. That's, you know, person that just shows up and Uh, explains what's going on rather than actually having been told that throughout the movie. There is a movie from, um, Australia called Snapshot. But it also was released under the title The Day After Halloween. Yes. We discussed that. J- on the podcast. Yep. Has jack shit to do with Halloween whatsoever. Uh, it's it's but, literally just they stole the name. <laughs> That's all. Yep. And it's about nude models being murdered or whatever. Yeah. But it's well, it's, it's just like one nude model getting chased around. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like the only one I know of that they were like, you know what? We could market it off this Halloween name. I mean, there are definitely, if you go looking, there's a bunch of slashers that exist. Most of them made after like 2000, which are like, you know, they're called like October 31st and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're obviously playing off of it, but it's, I don't know. I agree there should be a bunch more. They should be sleazy Italian movies. That's right, what we should have right. got. There should be the day before the day after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good times. Well, I hope everybody had fun listening along with us. Uh, if you watch the movie while you listen to us, hopefully it was enjoyable. It probably was. If you just listened to it, well, you just wasted an hour and a half of your time. But <laughs> <that's fine. laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, you know that's what's happening when you click that download button. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing next week yet. Leon the Professional in the Fifth Element. Is that what we're doing? So saith the worm. (laughs) All right. right. Well, never mind then. I guess we're doing uh, Luke Besson movies. It's uh, Leon the Professional in the Fifth Element. I have not seen the Fifth Element since the 90s, so see how that holds up. I've seen it once. You know what? I have rewatched it about a thousand times. I <laughs> Were you hoping for more? Were you hoping it would be like the new Star Wars? Uh, I think it deserved more. It definitely. I don't, I don't know. It was such a like well kind of constructed weird world. Hmm. And I don't, and there's this, I guess we'll talk about it next week, but there's, there's an interesting fact that like the hero and villain never actually interact with each other, which is fascinating. I mean, that's, that's interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off. Let's see. Because I want to rewatch it before I say anything. Because I've had my issues with some Lupusan stuff that's been more recent. Oh, this could be a big uh, Luke Besson trashing uh, episode. Do you remember well, like, I, the movie? I, I know Doug hates people that are uh, style over substance, and mm-hmm. sometimes that is him. Well, and also when the substance is stupid, that's a problem for me too, and that becomes an issue. <laughs> so, 
And when you rip off uh, John Carpenter and have to pay him royalties afterwards. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah.